0: Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. The praise of God shall be ever in my mouth. I will glory in the Lord. Let the lowly hear and rejoice. Proclaim with me the greatness of the Lord. Let us exalt God's name together. I sought the Lord who answered me and delivered me from all my terrors. Look upon the Lord and be radiant. Let not your faces be ashamed. I called in my affliction. The Lord heard me and saved me from all my troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear the Lord and delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Happy are they who take refuge in God. Fear the Lord, you saints of the Lord. For those who fear the Lord lack nothing. The lions are in want and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack nothing that is good. Come, children, and listen to me. I will teach you reverence for the Lord. Who among you takes pleasure in life and desires long life to enjoy prosperity? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from lying words. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and God's ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to erase the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry and the Lord hears them and delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those whose spirits are crushed. Many are the troubles of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them from every one. God will keep safe all their bones, and not one of them shall be broken. Evil will bring death to the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be punished. O Lord, you redeem the life of your servants, and those who put their trust in you will not be punished. Amen. A reading from Ezekiel 42. Then he said to me, The north chambers and the south chambers opposite the yard are the holy chambers, where the priests who approach the Lord shall eat the most holy offerings. There they shall put the most holy offerings, the grain offering, the sin offering, and the guilt offering, for the place is holy. When the priests enter the holy place, they shall not go out of it into the outer court without laying their garments in which which they minister, for these are holy. They shall put on other garments before they go near to that which is for the people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, again, as our practice has been here, as we've been drawn into these uh, few chapters in which Ezekiel is trying to describe this new temple, I'm not going to go verse by by verse through this. The first. 12 verses are rather confusing to me and they're rather confusing to the rabbis and, and to the commentators and everything because he he describes these chambers and, and these buildings alongside the temple and yet it's it's hard to discern exactly what they look like. We're, we're given these different measurements and and uh, multi-stories and, and all these other things. I wanted to instead stick with what uh, looking at what the the chambers are supposed to be representing and he ta- he calls them in verse 13 the holy chambers uh, where the priests who approach the Lord shall eat the most holy offerings it's this it's this place in which the priests are to partake of the food that is given to them uh, by God but by the hands of the people and so for instance he talks about the the grain offerings which is this this gift of bread that is, uh, providing the priests with bread it's it's the work of the priests to do regular religious duties and so for some of them for a period of time they don't have the time to um, do (laughs) all the farming and all of the all of that work and so they rely on their people to care for them Well, here I I read the grain offering and the first thing that my mind goes to, just as we're, as we're doing this, this reading through these sections to try and understand um, where Christ is in this, right? Uh, I think of him talking about himself as the bread from heaven, right? John 6, I am the bread that comes down from heaven. That God provides for the manna in the wilderness. That this bread of the presence that was supposed to be brought into the temple was supposed to be there in front of the temple to remind people, remind the priests, and be a reminder to God as well of God's provision for them. uh, And this, this piece of the offering given. And so this grain offering would be brought as sort of this first fruits of what God has done. A reminder that we rely on the Lord for everything, for our food, all of that stuff. And then he talks about the sin offering. And here it's it's talking about unintentional sin in the sense that you do something, then you realize that you've broken one of God's commandments. And so there's a, a bull or a goat or a lamb or turtle doves or even just flour, uh, depending on your poverty level, is brought as a sacrifice to bring reconciliation, to bring atonement. Uh, um it's it's uh, and and he actually uh, in in the book of Leviticus it delineates out some uh, particular things like uh, when you are a witness to a crime but you refuse to come forward uh, that's an unintentional sin in a sense uh, touching unclean stuff making a false oath right and so you're to bring the sin offering to take care of the things that. Uh, maybe you didn't think at the time was a sin or, or whatever the case may be. And of course it has to draw us back to Christ, right? Him being this atoning sacrifice for our sins, this propitiation, this, this reconciliation, this work of God to, uh, bring about, uh, righteousness in the world for, for our sake. And then he talks about the guilt offering, which is this offering of a ram. And it was for the, the breaking of the commandments and, uh, basically uh, not purposefully where you do something rashly in the senses that's how I read it anyways I could be wrong but that's how I read it. Uh, and so this this guilt offering was brought to make restitution, reconciliation, peace uh, and it, it makes me me think of the the reality that uh, Jesus talks about it um, in the sense of our own sinfulness, our own uh, realizing that we are going to be guilty of breaking one of God's commandments quite regularly. And we have to be reminded of that so that we don't look upon each other, you know, the whole plank in the eye bit, uh, to understand our, our place within the grand scheme of what uh what is happening in the world that we are part of the problem so to speak and so this guilt offering is 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 given as this regular offering because it's going to be there (laughs) the guilt is always going to be there that we are going to have this thing that we are going to have to uh, make restitution on and it's the chambers are this place in which then all of these sacrifices right this these things are brought and they are sacrificed and portions of it is burnt to a crisp on the altar, but then other portions of it are used to feed the priests used to feed their families uh, you also have other offerings like fellowship offering, this would be when you are going to have a goat and you're going to feast and so you would have this blessing, the sacrifice brought and then you were to devour the goat and enjoy what God has given you then verse 14 when the priests enter the holy place, they shall not go out of it into the outer court without laying their garments in which they minister for these are holy. The idea that they have vestments, right? Uh, Protestant churches in America often don't understand these things, although uh, as Lutherans we vest, we put on an alb and stole and censure, and, and some of my compatriots uh, will wear the the um, full garments uh, with the chasuble and all that stuff, funny hats, those sorts of things, um, to dress the part as the pastor, as the priest, to be, to be dressed in a way that is not normal. And it's, uh, I think that's an that's interesting lesson that maybe we need to figure out within the American church because we have these two arguments, right? You have the one argument of, well, you want to dress like the people, you want to be approachable. You want people to um, be able to relate to you and you relate to them. So you have pastors wearing blue jeans and and Hawaiian shirts and all that stuff. And I can't talk because I've got a couple of Hawaiian clericals. My, my clerical collar that I wear, the Hawaiian shirts, whatever. Um, but then at the same time, there is this holy work that we are to do and we're supposed to be different. That uh, I, I remember I was in seminary and talking with a pastor and he'd talk about how he always would wear his collar uh, when he was doing church work, specifically being in the, the church doing something. And his reasoning for that was because he wanted to make sure that when people came into the church, they knew who the pastor was that they didn't have to ask, that they would see the collar, and they would know. They would see the particular garments that this pastor would make and they would know. Um, here it's interesting because they would have these garments that they would wear as priests to do the work that they were to do. And then they were to take off those garments that they would wear for their um, their priestly work, the vestments that they would wear and they would uh, wear their regular clothing. And there's some some evidence to show that those who were in the priestly class had a particular day-to-day clothing that they would wear, sort of like a a Catholic priest would wear a a cassock or something like that, something to, to differentiate them out from other normal wear, sort of that uniform type thing, right? I wonder if that could ever fit within the church, Again, I wonder if that could ever fit within the American church of, okay, we have these things that we are to to wear so that people know that we are a pastor, right? That we are... Someone who does holy things—that we are someone who has been set apart by God for for certain things—that um, they were to set up aside those garments because they were uh, setting aside the work that they were set aside for to go back into regular regular society. Uh, the the thing I think about is that every time we come into church, we should be reminded that we have been clothed with Christ. Right that that um, we are we are covered in him and the difference is that instead of setting that aside now we go out into the world and something is supposed to be different it it sort of goes against the last portion of verse 14 where it says they shall put on other garments before they go near to that which is for the people and then at the end of this chapter verse 20 it says that they're supposed to make a separation between the holy and the common and the difference is for us as christians is that, yes, there's certain things that maybe we should, we should hold on to to make sure that we are different, that we are set apart, that there's something different about us than there is about the uh, radio disc jockey down the street, right? But at the same time, what we take out into the world is to realize that we are these sinners that have been clothed with Christ, that we've been buried with him, that this clothing that we wear of Jesus is not something that we set aside, but we take it out into the world as a witness to what it is that God has done. I wonder what that would look like for us. I wonder how often we need to be reminded of the fact that we're not to be different to be a witness to the world of its sinfulness. We aren't to be different to be a witness to the world that somehow we are better than them or that we have been saved or, or whatnot but instead we are to go out and be clothed in Christ to be different in the sense that we have found mercy. We have found grace, which others do not have, which others have not found and felt to be reminded of that. I wonder if we uh, can find it uh, pleasing for ourselves. To be clothed in the mercy that Christ has clothed us in so that we don't go out into the world in judgment and legalism, but instead we go out clothed in Christ and the mercy that he has given us in these offerings, right? This, this picture of the priests eating the offerings, the picture of these priests uh, being part of the sacrificial work being reminded regularly of the fact that we have the never ending sacrifice in Christ, that he was the once for all time one given for us, that we don't have to um, continually bring these sacrifices anymore, but we clothe ourselves in the mercy and steadfast love of God to be a witness to the fact that we have found this mercy and grace that we need. Let's pray. Thanks be to you, Lord Jesus Christ, most merciful Redeemer, for the countless blessings and benefits you give. May we know you more clearly, love you more dearly, and follow you more nearly, day by day, praising you, with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, church, uh, blessings to you as we continue in this new year. We are getting close to being done with Ezekiel. We only got a few more chapters left And then we'll be we're going to be doing something a little bit different Uh, going back to a model that we were doing uh, previously. It'll just be a little bit different. I don't know. Uh, I'm still I'm still deciding. Maybe you can help me decide. Send me uh, uh, messages on on, um, our Instagram or or Twitter or wherever else you can. You connect with us uh, to uh, give me some ideas of what you'd like to hear or see. Uh, but prayers that things go well for you uh, this week and go in peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.